For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Brady Farkas here. Another edition of the Believe in Patriots podcast. Week one in the rear view, the Patriots 1-0. 21-11 wins over, or 21-11 win over the Miami Dolphins. They'll take on the Seahawks in week two. Great show lined up for you today. Former NFL quarterback Jason Campbell is going to stop by in about 20 minutes and talk about Cam Newton's great performance with us. They're both Auburn guys, so Jason knows Cam well. As always, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter, at FA Radio Brady. You can also follow the podcast, Believe in Patriots podcast, Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. You can watch us on YouTube as well. Follow my YouTube channel, at uh, Brady Farkas Radio on YouTube. So FA Radio Brady on Twitter, Brady Farkas Radio on YouTube again, Jason Campbell. 20 minutes from now, the podcast is always brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. The wait is finally over and football is back. In most cases, outside of Kansas City and Jacksonville, it's all cases. You won't be at the games for a little while this year, but you can still be in on all the action. I'm already excited for Minnesota plus three next week. Minnesota plus three against Indy. If Indy's going to lose to Jacksonville, then I'm going to take Minnesota if I'm going to be getting points in that, okay? If Minnesota's getting points, I'm taking them against Indy because Indy lost to Jacksonville. That's all you need to know. So from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head online to our friends at betonline.ag and sign up today. That's Online. Dot .ag and sign up today. It's the only place that you'll want to bet. They are your betting professionals. So, again, Jason Campbell coming up soon. The Patriots win 21-11. They move to 1-0. We didn't really learn much about the team though. I'm sorry. There are a lot of people who are looking at what Cam Newton did and looking at what the Patriots did and looking at what Belichick did and penciling them back into the Super Bowl again this year. I am not ready to do that. They did exactly what they're supposed to do. They played at home against Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we think is a league average to below average quarterback, against a team that was in complete rebuild mode last year that's remolded nearly its entire defense, and a team that only won five games last year. That's what they should have done. The Patriots should have done that. I've said all along, I think the Patriots are a baseline eight-win team. Ten wins if it goes all perfect. Six wins if it goes all off the rails. But I was giving them eight wins. This was one of those eight wins. They were supposed to do this. They were supposed to look this way. There was plenty of things to be encouraged about, and we'll learn a whole heck of a lot more about this team after a road matchup in Seattle against Russell Wilson next week. Okay, Seven days from now, maybe we're having a different conversation. But today, and I'm taping this Monday night, 
So the page I've had more than 24 hours to digest this victory. As of now, I don't think we learned a lot about the Patriots. Miami won five games last year, an average to below average quarterback, no preseason games, a rebuilt defense for Miami, and Bill Belichick still in New England. It's exactly what we would have expected. However, some uh, it's exactly what we would have expected. However, some of you have are totally drinking the Kool-Aid already. And hey, that's cool. But I'm just here to try to be real about this and say this isn't some win that's going to elevate New England to the number one seed in the playoffs, and all of a sudden they're better than Kansas City and Baltimore. This is a win that they should have had. This is a win that we expected them to have. And by the way, they scored 21 points, which is, by the way, the exact number I expected. I predicted 21-17 to be the final score. It was 21-11. to But the offense was efficient, effective, and lacked, lacked the need for big plays, but it also didn't have any big plays, which is exactly what we expected. So I don't think we learned a whole lot new about the Patriots. It confirmed a lot of what we already thought. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum of ESPN, former New York Jets uh, general manager, he had this to say earlier today on, let me see here, on uh, Get Up on ESPN. Let's see here. Um, find this right here. Within two weeks, we're going to be talking about how soon is Cam Newton signing extension. We're going to be talking about comeback player of the year. We're going to talk about them winning the division and being meaningful competition in the AFC. I love what they're doing. Look, I like what they did yesterday also. But to sit here and say that in two weeks we're going to be talking about Cam Newton being the future of the Patriots and to sit here and think that in two weeks we're going to talk about them being in contention for the top spot with New England and Baltimore, we're not there yet. Again, this was supposed to happen. They were supposed to beat Miami. They're not supposed to go on the road and beat Seattle. They're not supposed to beat Kansas City. They're not supposed to beat Baltimore. They're not supposed to beat Houston. They're not supposed to beat the Rams. There's a lot of games on this schedule in front of them that are very difficult. One win does not erase that. That said, I'm not trying to be too pessimistic. In a league where the San Francisco 49ers lost, in a league where Indy lost, in a league where Minnesota lost, where teams that we think are good lost, you would rather be 1-0 than 0-1. Every win in a 16-game season matters and matters in a big way. So I'm happy with where the Patriots are in terms of their record. And there's plenty to like about what you saw. But my overriding takeaway is what I've been saying for the last few minutes. This was what I expected, and it's largely consistent with everything I told you all summer and most of the things that I doubled down on last week. So let's start with Cam. As I told you, Cam Newton's running was going to be a weapon, and it absolutely was. 15 carries, 75 yards, led the team in yards, led the team in carries, had two rushing touchdowns. He was an undeniable and unbelievable factor in short yardage. Okay, listen, he converted a third and two. He converted a fourth and one. We told you from the start that Cam Newton's running ability was going to play a factor in short yardage and in goal line situations, and it it, he was in the red zone yesterday. He scored twice on the, on run plays from inside the 20-yard line. 
He was fourth down, third and short. He converted a third and converted a third and five on a draw play. So Cam Newton's running was a weapon. And furthermore, it wasn't just him. His running opened up holes and opened up lanes and opened up opportunities for everyone else around him. If you go back and watch those highlights, there's one play that stands out to me more than anything else, and it's pretty nondescript because it wasn't a scoring play. There's a play where Cam Newton sticks the ball, or gives the ball, rather, to Rex Burkhead, and Rex Burkhead runs to the left and goes for 10 yards or so. But Cam Newton, his, his the threat of Cam Newton being a runner held the edge rusher so long that as Cam gave the ball to Burkhead, Burkhead's already by the defender before the rusher even sees what happens because he's so keyed in on the idea of Cam running that his eyes go to Cam, he loses Burkhead, and Burkhead's got the left side of the field all to himself until he gets to the second and third level of the defense. And Burkhead goes for big yardage. The threat of Cam helped everyone, and it also helped Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle had 10 carries. Again, he lacked like last year the burst through the hole that maybe we saw in college, but 10 carries, 37 yards, a touchdown. And because Cam was effective in short yardage, that made Sony effective in short yardage. Look, Michelle converted two third and ones. He converted a first and goal at the one for a touchdown. Five times the Patriots ran it. Five times they ran it in Short yardage situations. So they ran it five times with two yards or less to get. They were five for five in those scenarios. Two of them were gotten by Cam, three of them by Sony Michelle. Cam Newton's running ability opened up the door, opened up the lane for all of it. Don't underestimate how important Cam Newton's running was to the rest of the running attack. And oh, by the way, don't forget how important it was to the passing attack. Because Cam ran well, because the team ran well, they had 212 yards rushing, because the, the, the running game was so effective, it opened up play action. It opened up play action. It opened up the doors everywhere. He didn't throw the ball down the field. It was actually, for as much that was new yesterday in terms of the offense and what Cam was doing, read options, etc., there were still tendencies that were the same, that were Tom Brady-esque. And play action was one of that. Cam didn't throw it deep. He hit Julian Edelman over the middle. He hit Ryan Izzo on a nice play where Izzo holds the safety, lets him go past him, boom, sits in the zone, 15 yards. He didn't throw it 30 yards down the field. He was 7 of 8 for 90 yards on play action. 7 of 8 for 90 yards on play action. So reset this. Cam runs well on his own. 75 yards leaves the team. The threat of Cam running opens up the door for guys like Rex Burkhead. Has a good game. Six different players had carries for New England. All of them had at least 20 yards rushing. A lot of that because Cam made it so that you couldn't just take all your focus. You couldn't put all your focus on the guy with the ball or the guy in the backfield. You had to focus on Cam. He opens up doors for Sony Michelle. He opens up doors in the passing game. And that is where you saw... Cam's, I mean, it wasn't just, you look at the stat line and you see Cam goes 15, you know, goes 15 carries, 75 yards, and it looks great. And it was, but it goes so much deeper than that. It goes so much deeper than that when you see 
exactly how deep it goes. That Cam played well, that Cam played hard, and that Cam opened up opportunity for everybody else around him. Listen to this. So Colin Cowherd today on The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Again, I'm taping this on Monday. So Colin Cowherd, The Herd with Colin Cowherd, he had this to say. He was surprised at how well Cam worked in New England. I thought it was really efficient yesterday. Now, it was Miami, but I thought that's how you do it. You know, Tom Brady used short passes. That's how he controlled the clock. And then you let the defense win. Cam just ran the ball. And it was really efficient and really effective. I just I just always thought this thing is weird. The biggest personality in the league and the organization that's almost anti-personality, but it works. Yeah, so I've got to give it to Colin also. I think he's right in his assessment. I thought it was the wrong move all along because I thought the team should have rebuilt and gone with Jared Stidham, and that's been beaten to the ground. But they were efficient yesterday. They were fun. They were interesting. Cam played very, very well, and Cam's running opened up the doors for everything else. Um, you know what else didn't shock me, though, continuing on? You know, last week I gave you reasons for optimism, and a lot of what I gave you last week turned out to be true this week. Nikhil Harry had five catches for 39 yards. And well, that number doesn't, neither one of those numbers seem overly high. He only had 12 catches all of last season. I told you last week that if he got 65 catches this year, I'd be thrilled. Well, he's on pace for 80 catches. So that's a nice start. Five catches a game from Nikhil Harry. You would take that. Now you go, he averaged eight yards of reception. Not much, right? If they can hit him on a deep ball here, a slant where he breaks it here, get him out in space and he uses his athleticism, then that 39 yards becomes 65, becomes 81, becomes 110. If Nikhil Harry, now Nikhil Harry's evolution, look again, he had 12 catches all of last season, he had five yesterday. Now we can get out in space. Now we can go deep a little bit, add more tricks into his bag, more things into his repertoire, more trust with Cam. He's got he's got an opportunity to be a big piece of this offense because he's the only real athlete that this offense has, and they're going to need him. It's disheartening to see him fumble in the famous end zone touchback rule, but once he cleans up the fundamental and doesn't, reach out for the end zone like Belichick doesn't want them to, he becomes another huge weapon for a cam. We also told you that you needed to be needed to have optimism because of the Patriots secondary. We said it was elite. And boom, there it was yesterday, elite. Stefan Gilmore predictably with a pick. JC Jackson predictably with a pick. And then there was Adrian Phillips with a pick. Now, I was wrong when I told you I thought Kyle Duggar would be the guy who was playing the hybrid safety linebacker role and might do something special. I was wrong about that. It wasn't Duggar. It was Phillips, the newcomer who they picked up from the Chargers this year. But there it is. Three interceptions, all three from secondary pieces. Jawan Williams then, who they drafted last year, played great. He held Mike Gusecki to, you know, when the, he was defending him, to one catch for nine yards. Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, last week told us Gasecki was the biggest worry for the Patriots coming into this matchup, and Williams held him to one catch for nine yards. So when you look at it and say Gilmore with a pick, Jackson with a pick, Phillips with a pick, 
Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty, always solid. Phillips then throws in a pick, and Duggar only played 11 snaps. He's going to get more integrated into this defense as we go. Williams can cover tight ends now. Secondary elite, absolutely shut down yesterday against Fitzmagic. Another reason for optimism. Where there are pundits today, I want to respond to this because while I said I didn't think we learned a lot about the Patriots in terms of their long-term forecastability, there are people who are talking bad about the way that they had to play yesterday. Let's start with this. Dan Orlovsky, ESPN, he was speaking this morning on Get Up, and he's nervous about the way that Cam played. So uh, here's Orlovsky, ESPN, today. Not going to last, guys. He will not last. 15 carries, 13 designed runs. There's already conversations or rumors that you're hearing that there's a hamstring injury. So I just it won't last. It's not sustainable. I agree with him. I agree with him. It is not sustainable. You cannot have Cam Newton run it 15 times every single game. That it was fine for week one when you consider. All the things that went into week one, right? No preseason, new playbook, signed late, not maybe not as comfortable with certain guys on the field. Cam just going in and doing what Cam does well makes sense. But as we go through the year, they are going to have to diversify the offense. 15 runs a game, that would be 240 carries this season over 16 games. He won't stay healthy at that number. He won't be as effective is that number. The team will become more one-dimensional at that number. It worked in week one because all of it being the element of surprise and all the things that it opened up. If they become so run-happy and so cam-happy and so predictable, that's going to be a problem. I mean, Orlovsky says it was 13 design runs. It, it was, and it was seven design runs, six read options that he kept. That came from, from Jeff Howe of The Athletic. Then one scramble and one kneel down. That's how you get to the 15. But bottom line is Cam ran Cam went in with the intent to run at least 7 times and he kept it six others on the read option. I will be very interested to see what they do against Seattle, especially against a team that has a chance in the Seahawks to be big play, quick strike, could get up on you potentially early. What happens when the Patriots are down 10 nothing? What happens when it's 14-3 in the first quarter? And this team is not built for Cam to throw it 56 times. It's not built for Cam to throw it 38 times. But they won yesterday in part because they controlled the clock and they ground out Miami and they won this game with 47 or 42 rushes and 217 yards. You're not doing that much like we saw last year, right? All the questions last year about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens were, well, can he play from behind? What happens when you get up on him and he's forced to throw it a bunch? Cam certainly has the ability to win a game with his arm. Patriots don't have the receivers to force Cam to win a game with his arm. They don't have the personnel offensively that can allow Cam to throw it 38 times. So this team, yesterday it all worked well for them. They got up early. They were able to, to take the life out of the ball, take the air out of the ball, take the life out of Miami, you know, no crowd there to feed Miami at all. And the Patriots just kind of workman-like worked them into the ground, for lack of a better term. Might not be as easy next year in C or next week in Seattle. So I, I also don't want to see 
New England have to go through and, and let Cam run it 15 times. I want to see them diversify as we go. It's not just me. It's not just Dan Orlovsky. Uh, Mike Greenberg of ESPN Radio, he had this to say on his own radio show, Greeny, earlier today as well. Mike Greenberg. Bad, I thought, was Cam Newton. And, and that's despite the fact that he played great and they won. But he just got hit so many times. Had 15 carries, the opposite of Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray got only got tackled once. Cam Newton gets tackled on plays where he doesn't have the ball. Cam Newton gets hit more than any quarterback I've ever seen. And he has been hit more than any quarterback that ever lived. And so that's just not sustainable. What they did yesterday, not sustainable. Again, for week one, I think it was fine, right? Week one, I think it was fine. It makes sense that Cam would fall back on what's comfortable, on what's familiar in a new situation, but it does need to diversify. And if this team gets down, I don't think the team is built to play from behind. So a lot of things to be encouraged about, but certainly some things to take note of. Cam's hamstring also being one of them. Now, he says he's fine, but he was holding it a couple of times. Mike Giardi of NFL Network had video of him holding his hamstring right after the game on the way into the tunnel. So that's something to monitor as well. Patriots kept it simple yesterday. It worked for them. We'll see what happens in week two because Seattle, I think, um, I don't think Seattle's as good as their 38-25 win over Atlanta indicated, but I think they are good. They are certainly better than Miami. They are playing at home. The, the Patriots are going to have to travel 3,000 miles, even though there's no 12th man in the stands. There's going to be a lot of travel to get to Seattle. We don't know how the road trips are going to work for New England, how clunky it might be to be on the road this year is one thing I'll be interested in talking about with other guests as we go through this season as well. So Russell Wilson special though, the defense with Jamal Adams has the potential to have some real special components to it. And there with Pete Carroll, they're going to know what Cam Newton does and does well. I think they're going to be prepared for it. So now what more does Josh McDaniels do as we go in to week number two? I thought McDaniels did a good job yesterday, by the way, I've, I've, harped on this for years with him about wanting him to be more creative and partly maybe some of the creativity is stunted because you have Tom Brady who so much has to play one way but Cam while still keeping it simplistic I think they were really creative yesterday we talk about six guys getting carries I think that's creative different personnel groupings Cam the read options again they ran 11 read option plays Cam kept six of them five of them went for passes. So there were things there that even though I think it was relatively basic, there were things there that Cam had an opportunity to do and the Patriots had an opportunity to do that were pretty creative. And I think Josh McDaniels deserves credit for taking what Cam does well and utilizing it. So very, very uh, encouraging to see. I want to go out to our next guest, a guy who played nearly a decade in the NFL, the host of the Believe in Auburn podcast on the Believe Podcast Network is Jason Campbell. Jason, how are you? Hey, hey, Brady, how you doing? I'm doing good. Good. I appreciate you joining us. Great to see you. We've talked before, our first time seeing each other on video. Um, you're an Auburn guy. How encouraged were you by what you saw out of Cam yesterday? Yeah, when I saw Cam yesterday, the one thing I noticed is Cam like he's mad at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, uh, you know, the things that he was doing um, on the field, like he was back having fun. And that's what his football is all about. You know, it's just about – and I give Belichick and credit. I give him and, uh, you, know, the, you know, I give him a lot of credit for the reason that a lot of coaches 
they won't scale back and try to change to what the player does best. Some coach is going to yeah. say, you do what I say, and, and this is the way. If you can't do it, we'll get somebody else. But Belichick and Josh McDaniels, what they've done is they've gone back and looked at all Cam's tape from high school, I mean, from college and from the pros. And you saw yesterday he had 15 rushes, you know, as a quarterback. You know, that's something that you just don't see a lot of teams dial up. But you're seeing that more and more in the NFL that these these offenses are putting pressure on defense because they're allowing their athletes at quarterback play. If he runs it 15 times a game for a full season, that's going to be 240 carries. Like really good running backs don't get 240 carries. So do you think that number is sustainable or is that just it's week one, it's comfortable, et cetera? I believe definitely it's just week one. Uh, you know, they have a preseason and they're trying to get Cam acclimated as quick as they possibly can. And, uh, you know, just get him comfortable with the players, get him comfortable with the with the way New England do things. And I think for him is you'll probably see that number go down about eight uh, once yeah. they get more and more of the passing game in and once they get more of the running game in and he becomes more comfortable with the offense they'll add on more and more and that'll take away from a lot of his runs because Cam is a guy that you can't run him that many times because he doesn't know how to slide. You know, Cam is yeah. a guy that's going to try to take on hits. He's, you know, he gets up in players' faces. He get them all jacked up, and uh, he's a competitor. So, you know, I, I, I think that number would definitely go down to about seven or eight a game. They, they, the Patriots ran 11 read options yesterday. Cam kept six of them and threw five of them. I'm amazed at how the read option works. The idea of holding that ball in the running back's belly and then pulling it back, I mean, it seems simple, but how are there not more fumbles on exchanges in the read option? Well, you practice on it a lot, Brady. That's one thing yeah. you do at practice. Uh, before practice, store, coaches always say, hey, get out there 10 minutes early. And what we do during that time is we do a lot of center and quarterback exchange. We do a lot of running back and uh, quarterback handoffs. And, and you try to get a feel for one another, especially, like you say, with the read option. Because in the read option, it's a totally a feel type of thing. You know, yeah. your your eyes are up reading the defensive lineman or your eyes are up reading the defensive end. And you got to know if that guy's coming upfield or he's crashing down. If he's crashing down, you're pulling the ball, and then you're getting outside. But if he comes up the field, you're handing that thing off and letting the running back go, and you're just carrying after fate to hold it in. So it's definitely a field thing, and it's definitely a confidence between one another. And I think Cam's been doing it for so long. I think that's why uh, Josh McDaniels is, is comfortable doing it. It also helped the Patriots yesterday in play action. Cam was seven of eight on play action because of his the ability of the team to run the football, of him to run the football. When you as a quarterback are running play action, what is the ultimate goal there? Are you looking for the home run play? Are you just looking for the mid-level play? What's going through your mind when you know play action's coming? Well, the whole thing about play action is your run game better be good. You know, yeah. your run game is good. Then that, what you're looking for, you're trying to suck those linebackers up. You're trying to hit the tight end uh, on the second level. Uh, you're also trying to hit the deep post route or catch a, a deep over route by a receiver. And how you do that is your run game is operating at a high level. Then once you do that play action, those backers are going to come up. You saw Edelman catch about two passes yep. yesterday over the middle because those linebackers was coming up. And they have to respect the run. And you have to respect Cam running the ball. So it puts so much pressure on your defenses. And I think Edelman's going to have a big year because of that. And, uh, you know, with Brady, Brady's was a straight drop back guy. You know, it wasn't a lot of pressure there, but – they still had a successful run game, but I think later in his career, I think more now. So, you know, it's definitely going to help out Edelman because of having Cam back there. How do you as a quarterback decide when it's time to take a shot versus be conservative? Well, you know, it all predicated what kind of defense you got. You know, if you yeah. got a strong defense, you know, you can take more shots, take more chances because, you know, those guys, if there is a 
turnover. You don't want to put them in a bad position, but if there is a turnover, you know, those guys can hold, hold them to three or they can, you know, hold them out of the end zone period. So the whole thing is you're looking to take your shots when they're there, but the whole, the whole objective, I think for new England watching their game yesterday is they want to get in third and two, third and three short situations. Yeah. And when they do that, that gives them the element of, can we use Cam within that run game, which happened a lot yesterday because you are in those short yard situations. But if you're in third and five, third and six, it kind of takes away the read option type of things. Now you're looking at a drop back or you're looking at a, you know, defense is trying to bring pressure just to keep you from doing certain things. So I believe they do that just to help Cam out early in the season. I think as the season go on, you will see New England kind of spread things out a little more. Get, get into a four wide situation sometimes just to get people out of that box because you're going to see the safety come down in there now which is going to create one-on-one opportunities outside i think we learned that cam was healthy enough to play and play the way he wants to i think we learned about cam but i don't think we learned a whole lot about the team's chances mm-hmm. this year they beat a team at home that only won five games last year i think we're going to learn a lot more about them when they play seattle on the road this week do you agree yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, I think you'll learn a lot more with Cam and uh, with New England this week. Um, when you go to when you go to Seattle, that's a tough place to play. And I understand the fans probably won't be there and yeah. everything, but they'll still be pumping the crowd noise and everything again. So, but Pete Carroll, man, Pete Carroll's done an outstanding job with that team. It doesn't matter if those guys are young or if they're older. You know, he typically does a really good job of keeping those guys ready to go. And um, you know, Russell. You know, what can you say about this guy? You know, this guy's unbelievable, (laughs) man. Like, you know, I saw him yesterday play against Atlanta. Just the the way that he's throwing the ball, 31 of 35, no four touchdowns. Like, you know, we're just seeing this on a regular basis out of him. So it's definitely going to be a big challenge for New England all the way around. I do think their defense will challenge their offense more to have to throw the ball more in this game. And I I expect, uh, you know, New England's defense, which was really good defense last year, yeah, uh, I expect them to um, you know, do some things differently. Belichick is the mind behind the doing things to take away what you do best. So after watching the film of what Russell did against Atlanta, I don't think New England is going to sit back and let him do that to them. We'll get to that matchup uh, at the end of the interview. I want to stick on the, on the Patriots offense again from yesterday real quick. They had six players run the ball yesterday, including Cam. All of them had 20 yards or more. You as a quarterback, would you rather have a stable of – average to above average runners or one great back that you lean on uh, i think nowadays you want it by committee you know it's yeah. just too hard if you have one great back and say for instance that, that back gets hurt and you're in trouble you know but if you have two three guys that can take that pressure off one another football is such a physical game um you know of course everyone i remember adrian peterson back in his heyday yeah. You know, the guy was toting the ball. But what happened? Injuries started to pile up. And when the injuries started to pile up, the system was built so much around him that you didn't have another Adrian Peterson behind him. So now you're having to adjust your offense. So I think the more that you can do about committing nowadays where you do have two really good backs and then you have a guy that comes in on third downs that can run option routes, that can get one-on-one with linebackers and create separation so that you can pick up first downs in short yardage situations. So, it is, I think, I think New England's been doing it now for a couple of years. And it, and you've seen other teams starting to do it. Um, you know, so it's a it's the thing that's going on now. Teams are looking for two and three backs. How important is it then for you as the quarterback to have your backs be versatile enough to run between the tackles outside, but also catch the ball? That's the one complaint we have yeah. in New England where Sony Michelle, he doesn't catch the ball. James right. White's right. not really a power runner. Sony Michelle doesn't catch it. If they're gonna have multiple backs, don't they all need to be able to do multiple things? 
Yeah, yeah, you definitely want to do multiple things. Like I say, I think uh, you know, White is definitely their catching yeah. back. You know, yes. over the years he's been their catching back. And then you look at Sony Michelle coming out of Georgia. When he, even when he was at Georgia, he wasn't much of their receiving back. Mm-hmm. You know, Swift was the more their receiving back. So, you know, it just fits him well because you have to be able to, to go off each other. I remember playing with Cardinal, Cadillac Williams, and Ronnie Brown yeah. in college. Ronnie was more of our receiving back. You know, and uh, Carnell was more of our runner and running ran the ball hard as well. But you knew the difference between the two. And uh, and, and and that's what they have going on in New England. Like, I just feel like Sony Michelle is more their power guy. And uh, now I'll be wrong. Now, White can run the ball. And, you yeah. know, he will stick his nose in there. But he's more their receiving, they're receiving catching back. You know, you were the, you were a first-round pick of Washington. Cam was the number one overall pick, so it's a little bit different. But still, both first-round quarterback selections, so there's inherent pressure that comes with that. When you leave the original team, the team that drafted you, when you go on to that next team, does pressure subside a lot going to that second team, no longer with the team that drafted you? Oh, no, nah, you still had that pressure, you know, mm. even at a more level because really? you, know, you feel like you got something else to prove. You know, I remember when I was in Washington, you know, I went through a couple of different coordinators. You know, it was just like it was a revolving door. But my numbers kept going up and up. But then when I got traded to Oakland, you know, I felt like I had something to prove. And uh, when I went to Oakland, you know, I was had a winning record of 12-7 and seven as a starter before I got injured and broke my collarbone. And, uh, you know, so I took that attitude as when I went there, like, hey, you know, I'm going to make sure Oakland know that they made the right decision to trade for me. And I'm going to let Washington know that. I wasn't the problem, you know, so it's kind of like that, that, that chip on your shoulder. So, you know, he's definitely carrying a chip right now to saying like, Hey, you know, I gave so much to Carolina. I did all I could do. You know, I played through injuries and then you still decided to get rid of me, but you got rid of me late. So I was scrambling to get, get on the team. You know, you didn't even get rid of me early enough to give me opportunity to go into free agency for real. So I think Cam is trying to prove to people that, hey, I know I missed some games over the last couple of years due to injury, but now I'm healthy. And I want to show people that I still can play play the quarterback position at a high level. Cam's leadership has been off the charts. You know, it's been reported during this offseason, now into the season as well. How do you as a quarterback of a new team come in from the outside and gain that respect, that trust of your teammates? Yeah, you just come in and be yourself. I think that's one thing I saw him do yesterday. You know, you see him always point towards the first down after he run the ball. You yeah. see him have fun when he scores a touchdown. Like, that's who he is. You know, he's always been that way since college. And I think that, uh, you know, his teammates are adapting to that, especially this generation. You know, this generation is more of a, you know, kind of like let your hair hang out type yeah. generation, you know. <laughs> so I think the guys just kind of adapted to him once he came in the locker room. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of it is, too, he has that respect because he was the MVP, what, three, four years ago. Yep. And once you're the MVP and teams that, and guys around you have seen you go to the Super Bowl and they have played against you, you have that ultimate respect factor. And I think that's what won him the job over Stidham and over Hoyer is the fact that, you know, from day one, I already knew Cam was going to win the job when he got there. I said, they didn't bring him there and sit on the sideline. You know, and Cam could bring his attitude and Belichick feel like, hey, I want to prove to people that I can win too without Brady. Yep. And then Cam's got something to prove. Like, hey, I still want to show people I can play football at a high level at this in this in the NFL. You know, there was a lot of success in Carolina for Cam, especially last couple of years, back half of his tenure there. Um, Ron Rivera, by all accounts, a really good coach. But things are just differently run in New England. In your career, could you tell that certain teams were run better than others? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. You know, I always tell people, I say, man, everybody's great players when you come from college and make it to this level. 
I would just like the things that carry some on more than others is the organizations you get drafted to. You know, yeah. not every coach that's in the NFL is a great coach. You know, not every, you know, franchise is ran with the utmost respect, you know, from top down. And you have to look at teams that are so successful year in and year out. You look at their organization, how it's ran. You look at the coaching staff that they have, the leadership that they have, and they're constantly competing for playoffs. They're constantly having an opportunity to go to championships. And, you know, people always say, oh, quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. If you've gone through 25 quarterbacks in one franchise, then they got to show you that hey, it may not be the quarterback position. You know, it could be yeah. a whole bunch of other things that's going on that's leading to a lot of things not happening on the football field. You know, I, I watched – Three games yesterday, no, four games yesterday, pretty in full. Patriots, then the Seahawks-Falcons game, the Rams and and, uh, and Dallas, and then the Bucks and Saints game. Outside of some general kicking issues, I was pretty impressed with the level of play for week one, considering the lack of preseason. Is preseason as important as maybe the fans have thought that it is? I, th- I, I believe two games in preseason is enough. And okay. I, think, I don't think you need four um i definitely think two is you saw a lot of teams yesterday not put in too much in the first game and it helped out like you say everything looked like they have been playing football for a while and i think sometimes as coaches when you're heading into these first games if you have a preseason then you kind of show some things and then you'd be like okay we're gonna do this do this this when the first game comes because you're trying to fool people and then i'll say you can do too much but i think yesterday because a lot of teams across the across the nfl slowed things down and just with no preseason, they was able to put everything out there, but keep it not so complicated. So if you're a young guy, you was playing yesterday, you probably got a lot of playing time. You know, Lamb from Dallas played a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, Joe Burrow, you know, he was hanging all the way in there to the end, you know, let his team down the field, you know, a chance to tie the game with a kick. With a kick. Uh, you know, you look at Washington, you know, uh, watching their offense. They wasn't doing anything when they first started out, and then all of a sudden they get the interception, and all of a sudden things change, they get a little bit momentum but you didn't see them doing a whole bunch of nuances and everything to cause their young offense to just sputter so much. They, they kept it at a level where they can still can compete. You mentioned Jared Stidham a couple of minutes ago. He went to Auburn also. Mm-hmm. I thought early in the offseason, I thought he should have been the starter and they should just let it ride and see how it goes, ultimately bring Cam in. Should we be bothered or worried that Stidham was the third quarterback yesterday? It's one thing to not beat out Cam. Is there a problem when he can't beat out Hoyer? Yeah, I think it is, uh, you know, when, you know, because Hoyer is a guy who's been there for a long time, you know, he's transitioned in and out of New England. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think Stidham was their young guy that they drafted, you know, to to take over after Brady. And I think they was trying to give him that opportunity this offseason, which was a tough offseason. You know, you, you're fighting yeah. against COVID and everything. You're not able to have all the OTAs and the mini camps where you get a chance to see the guy. Uh, how he does things in practice, how he studies the film, how he does things preparing away from the game. And I think, you know, with him not being a number two, you know, it kind of raises some questions there, like what else is going on, you know, because he does have a really good arm. You know, he does have really good size for a quarterback. And uh, and that's things that people have talked about before about him was how, how well he can throw the football. But now that, you know, unless Belichick feels like, hey, if something happened to Cam, I have a guy that has experience in Hoyer who's been playing in, in the league for a while. He can step in right during the game and help us out and take yeah. off. But that kind of like doesn't really make a lot of sense either because last year Stidham was the backup to Brady, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, you know, it, it does raise a question mark there. 
I'm looking at you on video. You've got a great room behind you. It looks beautiful. What's the coolest thing and what I assume is your man cave? What's the coolest piece of stuff you got there? Oh, man. Uh, coolest pieces. I probably just say, you know, some of my awards from college, uh, you know, winning the SEC player of the year and, you know, winning a couple quarterbacks awards and, and everything like that. But, man, my, my favorite thing about man caves is getting jerseys from former players. Yeah, you know, that I play with, you know, they sign those NFL jerseys mm -hmm. and you get a chance to hang them on the wall around your pool table and mm -hmm. and everything. And it's things you cherish when you get older. You know, you things you don't really think that much of when you're playing. I wish I would have got more when I was playing. Now that I see guys that changing jerseys all the time. But, uh, you know, I, I try to get a lot of guys that I played with in college to play at the next level or some guys I became really good friends with and, and put them on the wall. Well, your last question, you are one of the hosts of the Believe in Auburn podcast. We're going to get SEC football coming up here soon. What's coming up on your podcast? Yeah, yeah, SEC is coming up here uh, 26. You know, we play Kentucky. Right. Uh, I do Auburn uh, for Auburn podcast, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, SEC hasn't played yet. Uh, we, we get a chance to watch a lot of other college games, and they've been some interesting games. You know, there's been some games go down to the wire. So, you know, I'm – I'm fun. I'm looking forward to seeing the SEC play though, because it's uh, all SEC schedule for the first time in history, and uh, that can be, that can be brutal. And uh, you know, so far we've had a lot of good talent to opt out though, which is the tough part. You know, a lot yeah. of these things are going to really change uh, here soon because uh, some of the top guys have opted out and just to, to prolong going to the pros. Well, Jason Campbell, nearly a decade in the league, five teams, first-round pick of Washington, played with Oakland, Cleveland, Cincinnati, and the Bears as well. Jason, we appreciate your insight. Look forward to hearing you on your podcast, and uh, we'll have you on again. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, Brady. There he goes. That's Jason Campbell, former NFL quarterback. Great guest. Again, you can find him on the Believe in Auburn podcast. Um, a lot of great insight there from Jason, um, especially on camp. I agree with him. He's not going to be able to – Cam is not going to be able to run it 15 times a game every single week of the season. But I'm happy to hear my thought confirmed where Jason Campbell thinks that that's what you do earlier in the, early in the year. Week one, there's a comfort factor for Cam. Get him where he's comfortable, what he does well. He says a lot of teams had simplistic game plans, didn't put everything in. So if you're not going to put everything in, then you're going to give Cam a chance to do what Cam does best, and that's – Run the football, be a leader, be aggressive, be physical, be an athlete. All of those things there uh, worked well for New England. I want to wrap up the pod on this, something that I talked about with Jason as well that I also agree with. Yesterday just proved to me that you need multiple running backs. Look, if if I would never tell you not to have Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, whatever. They're great players. Christian McCaffrey. But when you are beholden to one player and that one player gets injured, you are in trouble. Think about what happened when Saquon Barkley got hurt last year for the Giants for season went off a cliff. Ezekiel Elliott suspended a couple years ago. Dallas doesn't make the playoffs. Todd Gurley injured in Los Angeles last year. Don't make the playoffs. There's a correlation there. When you don't have multiple running backs and you're beholden to one guy, you run the risk of having your season torpedoed by that injury. 217 yards rushing. New England did it from all angles. Cam, 15 carries. Sony Michelle, 10. Six players total carries. All six, 20 yards or more. Okay, outside of just taking up space on your roster, what's the argument against the multiple running backs? You have creativity. You can overcome injury. You can show multiple looks. You can diversify your offense. I've always loved this. The Patriots did it well. 
I'm not shocked the Pats are a run-first team. They needed to be. 42 runs. All Everybody helped them in the execution of their game plan. By the way, I'm not surprised J.J. Taylor was a factor. I am surprised he had four carries and was in the game in the red zone. I expected him to be a big part of special teams, not as much the run game, but J.J. Taylor, a name that you uh, will continue to learn about in New England, and we'll see what Damian Harris's ultimate role is on this team when he comes back. So thank you to Jason Campbell for joining us. We'll have another podcast coming up later in the week as we get you closer to game day. Patriots and Seahawks from Seattle on Sunday Night Football. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at FA Radio Brady, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Believe website for the audio version. YouTube, search Brady Farkas Radio for the video portion. We'll see you again later in the week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.